Good morning. We are in the midst of a six-week series that's called Align. Thanks, Ray. Whether you're aligning your tires or your calendar or your priorities, it's valuable to take a little bit of time just to reflect on our lives and how are we bringing different aspects of our lives into alignment with God and with God's Word. Now, whether you're a follower of Jesus or maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, you're just exploring Christianity, I do think it's still valuable to consider alignment. And we do alignment all the time. If you were here last week, you saw all these different ways that we align our lives from our, from our tires to our teeth to our calendars. But there's these two critical questions for followers of Jesus and not followers of Jesus. And these two larger questions in this series, um, could you put those on the board, please, Andrew? These two larger questions are, first, how have I aligned my life with whatever thing you're thinking about? How have I aligned my life? And then, will my alignment make my life run better? Like, how have I aligned my life? What's authoritative for me? What do I think is straight? What do I think is correct? How have I aligned? And then, will that alignment to that thing, that authority, actually make life run better? So these are these two questions I'll just continue to bring up for us as we look at these different topics. Last week, we looked at work and life, and that phrase, work-life balance, and what did that look like in our culture in Silicon Valley? What is work and life, and what do we align ourselves to within our work? What's my authority for my work? How much time should I work? What's my attitude towards work? Now, maybe you work, and maybe, maybe you don't work, um, but I bet you probably know people that work, and I bet people that you know also grapple with this issue, work-life, work-life balance. Today, I'm going to dive into the topic of parenting. I've been asked a couple of different times to talk about parenting, teach on parenting, and uh, Scripture does speak to parenting. Now, maybe you have kids, and maybe you, you don't have kids, but I'll bet you know people that have kids. And if you see the gang of kids that are here at GRX, there are a ton of kids here at GRX. And that's one of the really cool things about our community. And I love how this community, our community, really embraces people of all ages, from the very youngest to the very oldest. And that's a great picture for what a community of God should be like. And so I'm going to talk today about parenting, and particularly parenting a younger kids, parenting smallers. Now, let me, let me begin with the absolute obvious. Parenting is really hard. Parenting is really hard. I actually think parenting is even more difficult in some ways now than it was uh, in generations past. Because there's so much pressure on families. Oftentimes, both, both are working. Both parents are working. 
And especially if you have young kids, what's kind of happening demographically, um, what's happening sociologically, is that people are tending to go to more school, more education. People in our time, in our culture, especially in, in Western culture, then because you go to more school, you end up uh, then starting your jobs later. And you, then we have our jobs later, we end up meeting people later, we end up getting married later, then we have kids later, I mean kids later than a generation before us. But then what happens is it puts us right in between. We are older, having younger kids, but then our parents are also older. And so what happens is when our kids are really young and they're changing and there's a lot of needs and a lot of care requirements for the small kids, which is right, because, gener- because culturally we're older, we're also now caring for older parents at the same time. We're helping out. So as our parents are needing care and assistance and attention, we're in that place where we're also needing to give that to our kids that are younger. It's just something that you just watch when you see sociologically how people are marrying and, and having kids later in life. So I think actually it's really, really hard to be a parent now. Now I would also say this, watching our kids here and seeing the kids that truck off to KidZone, the kids that come to VBS, or the kids that are running around collecting Easter eggs, the kids are very happy. There's smiles on kids' faces, they're interacting. I talk with KidZone leaders, how's it going in the classes? When I look at how healthy and happy and engaged our kids are at GRX, I want you guys to also hear, you're doing a good job. You are doing a good job parenting. I know it sometimes doesn't feel that way. I know we all have our days where we're like, oh, I'm such a horrible parent. I'm such a bad parent, right? But um, some of you guys know this. My background is in education, multiple subject, elementary. I've seen a lot of kids. And when I see our kids in our community, I know you are doing a good job. You are doing a good job. All right. I don't think parents get enough credit. I don't think parents get enough thanks. And so I want you guys to hear that I think you guys are doing well. Now in Scripture, there are a number of passages that actually talk about parenting kids. So we're going to look at three of those passages today. And the first one that we're going to look at is in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 4. So Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 4, this is the ESV version. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This passage actually starts out with talking to the children. Then it goes on to say, honor your father and mother. And this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Um, the second verse, please. All right. So it says, honor your father and mother. This is still talking to the children. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. The next verse, please. 
that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, sometimes we would joke about this a little bit and say, that's right, you better obey your parents because if you don't, they're going to kill you. (laughs) But if you obey them, that's good. It'll go well with you and you will live long in the land. But then it goes to this fourth verse here. And the fourth verse is actually now directed to the parents. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 4. What's so great about this passage and even looking at parenting is that it actually recognizes already that there is this relationship. There's this relationship that happens between children and parents. That it's not just a one-way thing, but that there's, there's a two-way aspect of the relationship. It acknowledges both sides. Children, obey and honor your parents. And then fathers, don't provoke your kids, but train, bring them up. It's actually speaking both to the fathers and the mothers. There's a first century dynamic, cultural dynamic. It's talking to both the parents, um, fathers and the mothers. And Paul's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians. He's addressing the men, as would be culturally uh, understood, but it's both, it's the both parents the fathers and the mothers. And it's saying, hey, don't, don't provoke them, but bring them up. Train them, disciple them. To look closer at verse four, I really like how the message translated by Eugene Peterson really brings out what I think is really key in this passage. And so the message translation of this verse in particular, uh, it says this. It says, fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. There's this great imagery here. He says, take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Don't provoke. Lead, guide, and train them. I was thinking about this, and the image of crossing the street comes to mind. And when you have small kids, and you are helping them to cross the street, maybe you're at a busy intersection, what happens? Right? What happens there? Andrew, could you put the next photo up, please? There's ways to cross a busy intersection. Okay? You're there as a parent. And then cars are going both ways, you take their hand. And small kids just automatically will take the hand of their parent. You see this all the time. And then, as a parent, we watch out for the cars, we look both ways, we make sure that the light is good, we make sure that the the little walk person comes up, and then we walk with them and we guide them across the street. This is the model that Scripture is giving us for how to parent. This is what Ephesians is talking about. And especially younger kids, we take them by the hand and lead them. This is the encouragement from Scripture. Now imagine this same scenario. You're on a busy street corner with kids. What would provoking them 
look like. Um, go ahead and take that off. Um, just put the picture up, please. Um, just the picture. Um, what does provoking them look like if you're on the curb? Okay. I was kind of playing around with this a little bit. So kids are there. You might stand a little further back from them and go, all right, kids, wait for the light to turn green. Oh, wait, there's no green light. Wait for the little man, not the red sign, not the red hand. Okay, look both ways. Look left. Wait, no, look right. No, the other right. No, the other side. Okay, okay, you can go. Wait, don't go, don't go. No, don't, yeah, go. Okay, go, go now. No, wait, wait, stop, wait. Right? Now, that's just crossing the street. Sometimes we do this with our kids too, right? We're kind of like, do this, do it, wait, don't do this. Wait, oh, God, did you see that? Watch out for that. Look out for that. There's a car. That would be kind of what provoking them would look like. That's completely different than taking them by the hand and guiding them across the street. Scripture says, be careful that we don't provoke our children to anger or exasperate them. Now, I was like, why, why would this caution need to be given to parents? In the family dynamic, I think it's a helpful caution because parents have incredible power. From a kid's perspective, in a family, from a little kid's perspective, a parent has ultimate power, absolute power, total power. Now, maybe as a parent of young kids, you don't always feel like you have power. You certainly don't always feel like you're in control. Like you can't control your kids all the time. But from their perspective, looking up at you, you have power. You have power to provide food, clothing, a safe place, place to sleep. You have the power of driving a car. You have the power of going into the yogurt shop and pulling out this little plastic magical rectangle and that turns in to frozen yogurt. Like you exert all this power and the kids see that. And sometimes maybe we miss that, how powerful we are as parents. And so Ephesians says, don't provoke your kids to anger. It's like, Remember how much power you have, how much power to encourage, and how much power even to crush your kids, because they're small, and they look to you. They look to you with authority and with power. Now, you could also look at parenting and go, man, parenting is so hard. Scripture says don't provoke. I don't know. I don't know. Just, just whatever. It's too hard. Forget it. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to provoke them. I can't discipline. I don't know. It's just too hard. Just, they can do whatever they want. They want to eat chocolate cake. They can eat whatever. They eat chocolate, whatever. Scripture's not saying that either. Like, don't cave. Don't give up. Don't retreat. Don't go hide. Right? It's saying, train them up. Bring them up. Hold their hand and guide them. Guide them. Now, I was thinking about this a little bit and thinking there might be some examples of provoking, even besides like yelling, that uh, maybe are more subtle ways of provoking. Um, 
This is something that uh, I'm familiar with, uh, both being a kid at one point and then also recognizing this as parents, and I see this sometimes. And I think for me, this would fall under the category of provoking, even though it might not be raising one's voice. Because as I've been a kid and as I've talked with other kids, here are some things that are really hard from a kid's side. Um, Comparison with other kids, uh, that's just hard. They can't like do anything about it, right? But they hear, they hear parents comparing kids themselves to other kids. It's hard to do. Um, favoritism. And I know this is also hard, uh, but what it equates to is being unfair. And if there's something that's really important to little kids, it's being fair. You ever hear kids say, that's not fair. Kids say that all the time. But favoritism is a form of being unfair. And then another thing, withholding love as a form of punishment. This is kind of an adult, passive-aggressive kind of thing. But, all right, you're not going to do what I told you to do? Fine. No hug for you. Right? That's like, oh, man, that's horrible. Right? But like we kind of do this, right? And I, and I just say this. I don't say this to make anybody feel bad. I'm just trying to um, just share and kind of give us language that we can talk about these kinds of things, right? If you've ever been a parent, um, you know, we're guilty of this kind of stuff. You might create your own list. What are the things? What are the things that you experienced as a kid? What are the things that show up for you, right? But these are these things that kind of add to the provoking of the kids, um, and so what is it to align our parenting? To align our parenting in Scripture says to bring up your kids, to disciple, to take them by the hand, and to train them. So, could the next slide come up, please? To align our parenting, to take them by the hand, and to train them. So the second uh, scripture I want to share with you is just a very short uh, scripture, and it's Proverbs 22, 6, where it says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And one of the things that's really sweet about parenting smaller kids is that you actually can train them up, that you actually can influence them that you can actually hold their hand at the crosswalk and guide them. Let me tell you, once your kids hit their teenage years, they certainly do not want you holding their hand at the crosswalk. It's more like, uh, Mom and Dad, uh, I'm going to meet my friends, but can you drop me off around the corner? And then I'll walk around the corner and so that they can't see how... You are, <laughs> right? So we can actually train our kids. We can actually bring them up. We can actually hold their hands. Don't provoke, train. Don't yell, hold their hands. But then train how? Train in what? And scripture also tells us, this is the third passage we'll look at, train in love. Train in love. 
And that's why I can tell that you're doing a good job. Because I see how loved the kids here at GRX feel. But scripture says this, training in love. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, the great Shema, hero Israel, this pillar verse says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Uh, The next verse, please. And then the next verse, please. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Right? Love the Lord your God with everything, and then this you'll, you'll teach them. You'll train them up. You'll take them by the hand. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be on the frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It's just like the, it should be the love of God should be everywhere in your home, expressed in all these different ways. That's what it is, to take them by the hand and train them up in love. Now, let me close with this. Parenting is really hard. And maybe you feel like you're not doing a good job, maybe because of stress, maybe, you know, whatever, maybe history. Maybe you feel like you've provoked your kids, you've crossed that line, maybe you've gotten close to that line. Don't, don't give up. Parenting's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It takes time. Training takes time. Teaching kids how to cross the street, how to brush their teeth, how to feed themselves. Potty training. It takes time. It takes time. To be a parent or to come alongside kids, it's a high calling. It's a very high calling. Not to provoke, but to take by the hand. Some application things to leave you with. This is the last slide. One, pray for your parenting this week. I know a lot of times people will pray for kids, but I want to encourage us to pray for our parenting this week and to let God's Spirit show you what He'd like to show you about your parenting. Maybe it's not going to be condemnation. Maybe God will say, hey, you're really doing a good job. You can pray for people you know who are parents. Pray for other people who you know are in the midst of parenting. And then the third thing is a reflection. How can I take my kids by the hand this week? If you want to align your parenting with what Scripture says, you could ask, how can I take my kids by the hand? this week. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that you are a God of love who models love and calls us to love you and love others. And that includes the small ones that you've given us charge over. So God, I pray that this week as we consider parenting, I pray that your spirit would... um, would remind us of your love for us and also guide us in how we can love the kids that are around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.